All right, well, today, as we jump into this little mini-series called Mature, I want to jump right into Scripture, right into Scripture today, because this little series is actually inspired by a very specific verse that I have read over and over and over throughout the years, but I find to be particularly challenging at the beginning of a new year, at the beginning of every new year. And so I read this a few weeks back, and I, and I, I just wanted to form a little bit of a series about this topic, about being... Mature. It comes from Hebrews chapter 6, and when we get to Hebrews 6, the author of Hebrews had spent the first five chapters of this letter dedicated to proving that Jesus is supreme over um, the heroes of the Old Testament faith. He's supreme over the temple system. He's supreme over the priesthood. He's supreme over everything. He's supreme over, over and above the law, supreme, supreme over everything that had existed in, in, in the Old Testament version of faith. And then he ends chapter five. They ended chapter five with this rather scathing assessment of their audience's um, spirituality and their growth as they're following Christ. They, they calls them dull. He calls, he calls them dull. He calls them infants, says they can't handle anything of real substance, which is a pretty big challenge. Like if someone showed up and said that to you, you'd be like, are you you're calling me dull? You're calling me an infant? You're saying I can't handle anything of substance? Like that's that's a that's that's it's pretty confrontational. He says you're still arguing over these simple things that are so obvious and they're so fundamental. I wish we could move forward to these things that actually matter and would actually make a difference in the world and would actually change you and would change the world, but we can't because you keep tripping over these simple fundamental basic things and as long as you're tripping over these simple fundamental basic things, we can't move forward to things that matter most. We can't move things forward to things that matter more. And, there's, and, and, then, and then after that scathing, scathing assessment of their spiritual growth, here's what the author of Hebrews says in, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. It says, so, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our under." Standing. Let me read that one more time. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Now that's an interesting challenge, isn't it? So like here, you you have been dull, you have been like infants, you can't handle anything of substance, you can't handle anything beyond the very basic things. But instead of that, let's stop going over the basics again and again. Let's go forward and become mature. That two-word challenge is what I want to talk about today and next week, to become mature. Matter of fact, let's all say that or type that in the chat right now. Become mature. Become mature. Become mature. Again, it's an interesting challenge, but I want to break down those two words, become and mature, and let's start with mature. Let's start with mature. I think we have to begin in our discussion of maturity with a question that's, I think, a very, very important question here at the outside of this. What does it actually mean for a Christian to be mature as a Jesus follower? What does it look like for a Christian to be mature as a Jesus follower? Now, this is going to sound like a pretty audacious destination, but I believe Pursuing Christian maturity is a constant pursuit to become more and more like Jesus. You could say it this way, that our level of maturity is directly tied, directly related to our level of Christ-likeness. 
that our level of maturity is directly related to our level of Christ-likeness, that we will never be more mature than we are Christ-like because that's the standard, that, that we cannot claim to be mature as long as there are big portions of our lives that look nothing like Christ, and we can't claim to be mature in our faith if we're not working to become more and more and more like Jesus, that he set the standard and the example, and until our lives are becoming more and more and more and looking more and more and more like him, we still have work to do to become mature. So until we have peace like Jesus, we have room to grow in maturity. Until we're metaphorically taking a nap in the back of a boat in the middle of a storm, we all have room to grow in maturity, to have the peace that Jesus had in a world that's constantly shaking. Until we love like Jesus, we have room to grow in maturity. Until we love sacrificially and unreservedly, we have room to grow and, and, and grow to have a love that's mature like Jesus' love. Until we're secure and confident like Jesus, we have room to grow in maturity. Until people can question and doubt and provoke us, and we don't become defensive and feel the need to prove ourselves to people who didn't create us and don't define us, we have room to grow and to become more and more mature and more like Jesus. Until, until we think like Jesus, we have room for our thoughts to grow in maturity. Until our thoughts are higher like his thoughts, and until we see and think with a perspective like his, we have room to grow more mature. Until we forgive like Jesus, we have room to grow in our maturity. Until we welcome like Jesus, where all are welcome in our midst, we have room to grow in our maturity. Until we welcome people who are like us and people who are nothing like us in the same with the same grace and love and patience, we have room to become more and more mature until we serve like Jesus, until we know God like Jesus, until we respond like Jesus to the events of life where, where the events of life can be absolutely shaking us, but we don't shake in the midst of it, until we can respond with peace and grace in, in, in the face of anything and everything that happens across the course of a lifetime, we have room to grow more mature until we are self-controlled like Jesus where we can get angry and yet not sin until we can feel all of the stuff of life without being controlled by, the, by, our, by our feelings, that we have room to become more mature. And until we're willing to move toward the mess like Jesus, we have room to become more and more mature. We have room to grow toward maturity. Are you getting the idea here? Like, like, are you getting the idea here that like, until we're becoming more and more like Jesus, until our life looks more and more and more like Jesus, where people would look at Chris and people would look at you and go, man, it's almost like I'm looking exactly at Jesus, that that's what maturity would look like. And until we're willing to move toward that, until we're willing to work toward becoming more and more and more and more and more and more and more like Jesus, we are not growing toward maturity. But when we decide to grow more like Jesus, we decide to become more mature. That for those of us that call ourselves Christians, our standard of maturity is our Savior. Our standard of maturity is our Savior. Our standard is our Savior. Our measuring stick for mature, maturity is the Messiah. Our measuring stick for maturity is the Messiah. That the standard of maturity isn't church attendance, although church attendance should lead to maturity. The standard of maturity isn't small group involvement, although again, small group involvement should lead toward maturity. The standard of maturity isn't Bible knowledge, although Bible, although Bible knowledge should lead toward maturity. And the standard of maturity, it really isn't anything other than how closely we follow with the example that our Savior set 
for us. That's what it is to be mature as a follower of Jesus Christ, to, to live toward the standard, to live up to the standard that Jesus set for us because our standard is our Savior. The standard of maturity for a Jesus follower is our Savior. And there's some good news in there that we're going to get to in a little bit, but we have to actually address the rough news of that first, that most of us should be a lot more mature than we are. That most of us as Jesus followers, we should be a lot more mature than we are. Unless that sounds judgmental, I include me in us, like like I include me in us. And so most of us, me included, should be a lot more mature than we are because I know that after following Jesus for the better part of 38 years, that my life should look more like Jesus than it does, that my life should be bearing more fruit than it does, that my, that my life should be accomplishing more for Jesus than it does, that I should be more patient and I should be more loving and I should be more gracious and I should be more like that, that all of that stuff, I should, I should look more like Jesus than, than I do, that all of us, for most of us, we should be more mature than we are. And there's a reason, there's a reason most of us aren't as mature in our faith as we should be. And here's the reason most of us, if we're honest, we choose comfort over moving toward maturity. We choose comfort over moving toward maturity. Most of us, eventually we find a comfort zone in our faith that, that even those of us who have heard of the comfort zone and been told that you've got to move past your comfort, sometimes that's even a comfort zone that we find ourselves so often finding a place of comfort finding a place of comfort, settling down in a place of comfort where we have grown and we have become more like Jesus and we've reached a place that we are happy and we are content and we are comfortable and then we stay there for the rest of our lives until something or someone comes along and shakes us. But we fight anything and anyone, including Jesus, including pastors, including small group leaders who love us. We fight these people who try to shake us out of our comfortable places, even if those people shaking us out of our comfortable places are trying to move us closer and closer to Jesus, that we choose comfort over moving toward maturity. And so we end up with, as adults with a childhood version of living our faith, and we end up as adults with a youth group version of following Jesus, or we end up as 44-year-old adults who've been following Jesus for 24 years, but our faith hasn't grown since year five. And so we find ourselves in this comfortable place where we are comfortable, but we are no longer growing more mature. We are comfortable, but we're not becoming more like Jesus. We're comfortable, but we're not becoming more like our Savior. We're comfortable, but we're not living up to the standard of where we should be and what our Savior would have us to do. See, for so many of us, the reason that we haven't become more mature is that we're not willing to practice the word that came before the word mature in Hebrews chapter 6. The word that came before mature is that word become. That word become. That word become mature. In other words, we haven't been willing to do the things that would grow us because we want to stay comfortable. We haven't been willing to do the things that would grow us, that would make us mature, that would lead us to a place of maturity, that when presented with an opportunity to grow in the way we follow Jesus, that would move us away from our comfort, we are more likely to choose comfort than to choose work. We're far more likely to choose comfort than to choose a fast. We're far more likely to choose comfort than to choose intentional servanthood. We're far more likely to choose comfort than anything new and different because new and different scares the bejesus out of our comfortable selves. That we choose comfort over maturity. We choose comfort over growth. We choose comfort over the over moving toward maturity. And so here's the thing. That's the bad news. 
That's the bad news. Most of us should be more mature than we are. Most of us should be better at following Jesus than we are. Most of us should have our lives look a lot more like Jesus than they do because of how long we've been following Jesus. And on top of that bad news, we're the reason that we aren't more mature than we are. We're the problem. We have gotten in the way. We have chosen comfort. No one else did that to us. We have chosen comfort. I have chosen comfort over growing and moving toward maturity. I'm the reason, like you're the reason, that we aren't more mature than we should, than, like we should be because we choose comfort over growth. But in that, there's actually some really good news. In that bad news, there's some really good news. Since we're the reason that we aren't more mature, when we choose growth instead of comfort, we grow. We actually can become, the second that you decide and the second that I decide to grow and to move toward maturity, we actually can move toward maturity. And as we grow, we move toward the goal that the author of Hebrews set for us to become mature, to become mature. And there's even more good news. We don't have to wonder and guess what we should be doing and in what ways we should be growing. Jesus actually set a wonderful, perfect example for us because the Savior is our standard. We have an example and we have a destination and we have it set out for us of what we should do and how we should be growing. And so today and next week, we're going to talk about how to legitimately become mature how to become mature, how to become mature, how to follow Jesus' example and grow to become more and more like him throughout the next year of your life and throughout the next year of my life. So today we begin with how Jesus grew. Here's what we're told about Jesus after a funny little incident where his parents didn't realize they had forgotten him, you know, like and actually lost him on their pilgrim to worship at the temple in Jerusalem. In fact, they, they find him sitting among teachers and priests at the temple, having these big conversations about God and the temple and the religious system and all of these things. And he's asking questions and they're asking questions of him. And he's, he's, 12, year, he's 12 years old. And so they find 12-year-old Jesus sitting among these religious leaders and they begin to yell at Jesus, where were you? How did you, like, you were supposed to stay with us. Like, imagine being the parent that had to discipline the Son of God. Imagine being the parent that, like, you have to discipline. You have to, like, when, when he gets in trouble, you have to actually discipline and, and yell at the Son of the Son of God. And so Jesus responds to their question of, you know, like, why, why, why didn't you stay with us? He responds like any 12-year-old, well, every, any 12-year-old would. Well, didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? Didn't you know to look for me in my father's house? You know, like any 12-year-old would respond. No snark, no, I mean, maybe that was biblical snark. Maybe that was Jesus snark. We don't know. Like, the, But but there's there's none of that. There's just like, the, of course, this is where I would be. And then after that, after that, we get this incredible verse in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, that describes for us what Jesus did in the next phase of his life. And here's what we get in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. It starts out like this. It says, and Jesus grew. And Jesus grew. This is actually really good news that we have, that Jesus, even as God walking the earth in human form, Jesus set an example of growth. Jesus set an example of growth. This is important. Most of what we know about Jesus is adult Jesus, right? Most of what we know of the life of Jesus is adult Jesus. It's Jesus from 30 when he began his public ministry to his death at the age of 33. And because of that, it's tempting for us to think of Jesus, that Jesus came, came to the earth as an adult. But, I mean, we just celebrated this at Christmas. We celebrated that Jesus was born as a 
a baby. Jesus was born as a baby. And then he went through, so we have some of his story of his, of his birth and his life as an infant, and we have some of it as a child. And then we have this episode that we find out about Jesus as a 12-year-old. And then we, and then, and then we skip forward and, we, and we're told that Jesus is 30 when he begins his public ministry. But we have one verse that describes what Jesus in, did in between being a child and between, between being a 30-year-old. And we're told that in the next 18 years of his life, Jesus did one thing. Jesus did one thing specifically, that Jesus grew, that Jesus grew. We have very, very little information about Jesus from the time that he was 12, 12 and 30. We don't know what he was like as an adolescent. We don't know when his facial hair started to grow. We don't know when his voice started to drop. We don't know when, when he started to grow a beard. We don't know when he started to work with his dad. We don't know when he read, but, like, but, but here's what we do know. We know that our Savior grew. We knew that we know that the Son of God, living and breathing as a human being, grew. He set an example of growth. And so part of following Jesus is that we would grow like Jesus grew, and that we would grow in the ways that Jesus grew, that we would focus on growing like Jesus grew, that we would follow Jesus' example of growth, and that we'd follow Jesus' example by growing how Jesus grew. And so the rest of Luke chapter 2, verse 52, here's what we're told. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So here's the, the Luke 252 model of growth that Jesus set, the example that Jesus set for you and that Jesus set for me. Here's the four ways we're told that Jesus grew during this 18-year span of time. Jesus grew wiser. Jesus grew physically. I mean, thank God that he didn't show up as a 30-year-old that looked like a 12-year-old. That's good. He grew physically. He grew spiritually. He grew closer to God. He grew in favor with God. He grew in his relationship with God. He grew in his relationship and the understanding of his heavenly Father. And he grew relationally. He grew stronger in his relationships with other people. So here's the question that, that all of us are left with as we tackle with this idea of becoming mature, of how to become mature. Are you willing to follow Jesus' example and grow toward maturity with the 252 method? Are you willing and am I willing to grow toward maturity by following Jesus' example that he set in Luke chapter 252 by growing wiser, by growing physically, by growing spiritually, and by growing relationally? And so today, as we, as we come to the, the, the beginning of the close, which is an interesting thing to say as a pastor, as we grow to, to the beginning of the close, I want to challenge us in these four ways to think about how we're going to grow in 2022 by using the 252 method of growth set for, as an example by Jesus. So here's the thing. This year, I want to challenge you to grow wiser. I want to challenge you to grow wiser. In, interestingly enough, the source of all wisdom chose to grow in wisdom. The source of all wisdom chose to grow in wisdom. That while he walked the earth, Jesus chose to grow in wisdom. I believe not because he needed to, but because he wanted to set an example for us because we 
need to. That all of us should grow in our understanding and knowledge of how the world has worked and how it does work. And so there's a lot of different directions that you can go with when it comes that you can go when it comes to learning and growing in wisdom. You can, you can grow in wisdom and intelligence in a lot of directions. You can grow in wisdom financially. You can grow in wisdom historically. You can grow in wisdom personally where you learn about yourself and personality types, maybe family history and blood type, all, all that kind of stuff. You can grow in wisdom about science and scientific breakthroughs. Like one of the things that I'm really intrigued by right now is as we talk about all the space exploration that's going on, I love reading articles and reading stuff about space exploration and what's going on and rocket science. Like I, I think that's incredibly, incredibly fascinating. You can grow in wisdom about physical health. I had a pastor friend um, who a couple years ago, he read a book about blood type dieting. And, and I don't know if that's like a real thing, but I know that it changed his life when he read that book. Someone gave him the book and he was like in, 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 in decent shape, but he began to read this book and practice what he was, what he would, what he'd read. And he's like, this changed my life. He lost something like 45 pounds, became the healthiest, his cholesterol dropped, his blood, like, I mean, it was amazing. Like he just like, I, I read this book and it made me smarter. It made me better at what I put in my body. That all of us, we have room to grow in wisdom about different areas of our lives that affect our lives. And here's and here's the biggest reason I believe this is important as we follow Jesus. And the reason I think it's so important to challenge us to grow in our wisdom. The people of God should not be ignorant in understanding God's world. The people of God, the people that God has saved and redeemed, we should not be ignorant about understanding the way that the world that God created works. And so if there's something that we can grow in, if there's something that we can know to be better at living in God's word, in, in God's world, we should grow in that. We should learn that. We should not be ignorant. We should be learners. We should be growing in our wisdom about the way God's world works. And so all of us, I think we, it's time for us to ask this question at the beginning of 2022. What will you do this year to guarantee you are wiser by the end of 2022? I got a, a couple ideas. You could take a class in something. You could register for and take a class in something. Some of you who are in college right now, you're like already doing that. Take a class in something that you don't have to major in. You take a class in something that you're not already majoring in. Or some of you who have graduated and you're thinking like, I would love to learn about photography. I'd love to learn about you know business. I'd love to learn about whatever. You take a class in that. I'd love to learn about this historical time period. Take a class in that historical time period. You take a class. Another idea could be that you would read a certain number of books this year, that you would set a goal to read one book a month or two books a month, and that you would actually stay focused on that goal and committed to that goal, and you would read and grow in your wisdom, grow in your knowledge this year. Another idea could be to pick a topic and assign yourself a research paper due December 31st, 2022. And now, what I what I know some of you would do would be like, you would start researching that, that paper on December 29th of 2022. But here's the thing, you can decide this is a topic that I want to learn about this year. And so this year I'm going to grow and I'm going to learn about this topic. I'm going to grow in my wisdom about the way God's world works. And I am going to not, I'm not going to stop until my thirst for knowledge about that particular area is, is, is quenched and has been met. I, I want to grow in wisdom. So I am going to grow in wisdom in 2022 because I want to grow the way my Savior grew. The second way to grow, the second way that Jesus grew is, is that he grew physically, that he grew physically. And I just want to say, I don't want to brag about this. I feel like in one way I've been doing this because my physical body sure has grown over the years. Lame joke crowd laughs here. This is a big area of emphasis for me this coming year. This, this is actually a big emphasis for, for me in this coming year. Since having COVID last year, I have not been in a place where I feel physically healthy. Like, meaning, 
I, I'm, I'm not working out because my energy level is not, is not to a place where, I can, where I've been able to work out and still function in other ways. And just realistically and being incredibly honest, I've, I've only worked out three times. I only exercised three times in 2021. I haven't been eating right. I've been eating things that I know I can taste because I lost a little bit of taste there and eating foods that I think will help fight fatigue, even though long-term they probably lead to fatigue. And I haven't slept really well for about a year. And part of that started back when I had COVID and it just hasn't really regulated yet. And so I just haven't, what I, what I have realized here at the start of 2022 is that I just haven't been taking good enough care of my body. And if I'm being honest, I'm not taking care of my body is starting to take a toll on the rest of life. I'm, 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 just, I'm, I'm tired in things that I shouldn't be tired in. And, 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 and I, and I want to be more involved and engaged in different things. And I'm not able to do that because I haven't been taking care of my body. And so here's the thing. Even if I didn't realize all that stuff, reading that Jesus grew physically would be, would, be, would be convicting for me and should be convicting for all of us that Jesus set an example of taking care of the physical body, making sure the physical body was healthy, of growing physically, of growing healthier physically. And Jesus' earliest followers, they believed and taught that our body, our body, my body, your body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and therefore we should honor and take care of our physical body. So that leads us to another question. That leads us to another question. What will you do this year to guarantee you grow healthier physically? What will you do this year to guarantee that you grow healthier physically? For me, for me, this means that I bought an exercise bike this year. I, I, at, at the start of 2022, I bought an exercise bike and I'm committing to five times a week at least 30 minutes on the bike each time. So like, like I like, cause here's the thing. If 2021 was the year where I worked out three times in one week, I can be healthier than I was in an entire year. Like that, like that's just a reality. I'm looking at into healthier ways to get energy from food and liquids and to maybe avoid some of the, some of the, like the hidden, the hidden addiction that, that, that there is that so many of us have to caffeine, where if we don't have caffeine, we don't function as well that, that I'm looking into healthier ways to get energy from food and liquid that, and, 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 and so, so here's the thing, that's me. That's me. And the question is, what will you do to grow toward maturity like your Savior by growing physically in 2022, by getting healthier, by taking better care of your body? What will you do in 2022 to guarantee that on December 31st, 2022, that you're healthier than you are right now? That's the second way of, of growing. Here's the third one is to grow spiritually to grow spiritually. See, Jesus, who knew God face to face and who came to display God the Father to us, grew spiritually, which is interesting, right? Like, how, how did, did, did he need to? Jesus chose to grow in his connection with his heavenly Father. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? And I think what's most interesting about that is simply this, that we're told about when Jesus grew, right? That Jesus grew from the time he was 12 until 30. And then we see Jesus' earthly ministry from 30 to 33. And I think what's so interesting there is that Jesus chose to grow in his teenage years and in his 20s because of what was coming in his 30s because of what was coming in his 30s. Jesus recognized the importance of preparing now for what comes next. Jesus understood the importance of preparing now for what comes next. Jesus knew that for three years, he would literally pour out every drop of himself to the world around him. And if he was properly going to display the Father to the world, he needed to be in lockstep with 
the Father. And so he dedicated himself to growing spiritually, growing in his connection and his relationship and his knowledge of God, his understanding of God, his heavenly Father, so that he could pour himself out for you and for me and for the world around him, for the world that would come after him. And so here's the thing. I believe that happens through habits. That happens through habits. That happens through our our daily habits because growth doesn't happen just by you attending church online or attending church in person. Growth doesn't happen just by that. It happens day by day by day by day by the habits that we involve and and include and engage in in across our lives. So here's some habits that you may want to develop and grow in this year. You may want to develop a habit of Bible reading. I've already talked to a number of you who have said, you know what? I've never read the Bible from front to back before the whole way through. like I've never read it before, but this year I want to do that. And so how do I do that? I think that's a great goal. That's a great thing to start. That's a great habit to begin. It might be a habit of prayer where it doesn't, where, ha- where prayer doesn't come naturally for you, but you're going to work for it to become a natural part of your life, where maybe it's a habit of fasting where every every week maybe or every month you fast one meal a day or you fast for a day every, every month. Maybe it's a habit of solitude that you practice a habit of getting away from everything and everybody and getting quiet with God. Maybe it's a habit of worship where you have times where you just get alone and you and you put on some music and you worship God like no one's watching and, and, and like no one's listening. And if you have a voice that you think no one would want to hear, maybe Maybe you get really, really away from anyone and you and you just belt it out like no one's listening, but you worship God. Maybe it's a habit of generosity where you where where where, you, where instead of holding on to what you have, you actually make an intentional decision to be to 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 habitually give it away and to give it away to be a blessing to others, to be a blessing to God, to be a blessing to the church, that you would have a habit of generosity. Maybe for you, part of your growing trust in God in 2022 is going to be that you're not going to, is going to be that beyond your habits, you're going to do some things. You're going to take some action that would grow your trust and your faith in God and your connection with God this year. Maybe you're going to go on a mission trip. Maybe this is the year where you finally stop with all the excuses and you go on the mission trip and you serve in another country and you see the world and you see a bigger portion of the world and you, in your heart and your relationship and your connection with God grows as you realize God's heart for the world, not just not just for you, but your heart for people all over the world. Maybe it's a, it's that you decide that this is going to be a year where you intentionally serve, where you where you develop a habit of serving, where you put yourself into places and and, and doing things that you're not sure if you're if you're ready, but you know God can get you ready. And as you lean into God, God shows you what what you need to know and how you need to grow. Maybe it's the idea of radical obedience that there's that thing that God has been asking you and calling you to do and you have been avoiding it and you've been scared to death to step into it but there's that thing that God has called you and commanded you and asked you to do and instructed you to do and he's given you confirming signs and you've been scared to death and you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and in 2022 can I just tell you at the beginning of this year stop waiting and start doing Because as you start doing that thing that you don't feel like you are enough to do, the thing that you don't feel like you have enough to do, the thing that you don't feel like, like, I don't know if I can do this, God can do it through you. And when you lean into those areas, when you step into those areas where the water's too deep and you're in over your head, you realize that God is carrying you, not you carrying you. And your trust and your faith in God grows and grows and grows and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. This is how we grow spiritually. And so the question is simply this, what will you do this year to guarantee that you grow in your connection with God? How will you prepare yourself now for what comes next spiritually? What steps are you interested in taking? What steps do you feel like you should take? What steps have you not really even thought about, but now that I talk about it, you need to do something to grow 
spiritually? What are you going to do this year to guarantee that you grow spiritually in 2022? And then the final thing is to grow relationally, to grow relationally. Now, we're going we're gonna to talk about this in a little bit more detail next week, but this sinless, perfect Son of God grew in his ability to build and grow relationships with other people. That from the time he was 12 to 30, Jesus grew in his ability to build and grow relationships with other people. This is so fascinating. There's that meme out there that the greatest miracle of Jesus wasn't walking on water and turning, you know, food, you know, one boy's lunch and enough food for 5,000, but that the greatest miracle of Jesus's life was having 12 best friends in his 30s. See, here's the thing. Whenever you see that, every time I see that, it's funny on social media because if you're in your 30s, you have learned how difficult it is to have close relationships in your 30s and how difficult, as life goes, it goes along, how much more difficult it becomes to have and to develop close relationships and close, close friendships. Think of this. Without social media, Jesus had an insanely cr- close group of three friends and he had a tight-knit, we would die for you, Jesus, group of nine more disciples. One was a little bit flaky. And he had a still-following, pretty darn close group of 70 followers after that. And then he had a group of another 500 people that were close enough to him that mattered so much to him that he wanted to show himself to them after he raised from the dead so that they would be confident and know that he was not gone, that he had come back from the dead, that he had come back from the dead and fulfilled his, the promises that he had made to them. I mean, this is, this is a, like, wow. That's the type of relationships that Jesus had. I have said this before. On top of that, people who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus, and Jesus liked them back. These are the types of relationships that Jesus had, incredibly close relationships with an incredible amount of people. And people who were nothing like Jesus, they liked Jesus, and Jesus seemed to like them back. Jesus knew how to do relationships. And I believe the reason that Jesus knew how to do relationships is not just because he was the son of God come to earth. I believe it's because from the time that he was 12 until the time that he was 30, he dedicated himself to growing in his ability to build relationships. And so maybe, just maybe, the most important thing that some of you could do this year, if you feel lonely, if you feel disconnected, if you feel isolated, is to closely observe everything Jesus said and did relationally so that you can grow in your relationships like Jesus did. And so the final question we're going to ask today is simply this. What will you do this year to guarantee you get better at relationships with other people? What will you do this year to guarantee that you grow in your relationships with other people? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. As we talk about becoming more mature, here's, here's, here's one simple idea as we close. You know what your life looks like at the beginning of 2022. You know what your life looks like at the beginning of 2022. And I just want you to, for a moment, imagine what your life could look like at the end of 2022. If you'll dedicate this year to growing the way that Jesus grew, to, to, to saying, you know, I want to grow. I want to become wiser. I want to know more about the way that God, the world that God created. I want to know more about how that works. I want to I increase my knowledge and understanding and wisdom about the way that God's world works. I want to I I grow physically. I want to be healthier at the end of this year. Not necessarily losing weight or gaining weight or reshaping my body. I just want to be healthier. I want to be healthier. I want to follow Jesus' example of physical growth, and I want to be healthier. 
want to take care of my physical body. I want to grow in my relationship with God. I want to feel closer to God and know that I'm closer to God, know that I understand Him and hear His voice better at the end of this year than I do at the beginning of this year. And I want to, I want to make sure that I grow in my relationships with other people because there are some relationships that have become strained and I know that I have a part to play in making them better. So we can grow and we can become mature. Let's follow Jesus' example. Let's follow the example that he was set for us in Luke and recorded in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Let's follow the example of our Savior and become mature and become mature. And next week, we're going to talk about one more way that every one of us can make the choice to become more mature. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy for us. Thank you for Jesus' example that Jesus grew. God, for so many of us who who we want to choose comfort over growth, God, help us to just be inspired and challenged today that our Savior grew. The one who set the standard for us, the one who set the standard of maturity and what maturity looks like, help us to follow His example. Help us to see His example and be convicted and challenged and inspired to grow ourselves, to grow and follow His example of growth. God, help us to be challenged today by the example that he set of growing spiritually and growing physically and growing in wisdom and growing in a relationship with you. God, that we would grow in the ways that Jesus grew. So God, today help us to have wisdom to know how you would have us grow and help us to have the courage to actually grow in those directions and in those ways. Help us to have the wisdom to know what to do. Help us to have the courage to stick with it. Help us to have the conviction to stick with it. Help us to have the conviction to keep going well after the inspiration and the conviction of this message has gone. Help us to keep going and keep following you and keep growing how Jesus grew because we want to become mature. We want to live up to the standard that Jesus set for us. So help us to do that, God. We love you and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.